You're listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery, podcast number 44. Hi. This is the anniversary podcast. Well, we'll call it that anyway. Not quite a full year, but close enough. It was, I believe, March 31st of 2013 that we started this. So that would make this podcast series an Aries. And I hope that it has given you a lot of good Aries energy. Strong, powerful, Zeus-like, really helping you take charge and control of your life. That's what it's intended for. And ironic that it would be born an Aries. And on that anniversary note, just a couple of housekeeping things that we could discuss quickly, and then we're going to get into the three R's, and they are not reading, writing, and arithmetic. You know that's not my world. It's resistance, reaction, and release. So we'll be talking about the three R's. But first, a couple of things on the website. I just wanted to mention briefly at subconsciousmindmastery.com, up in the upper right-hand corner, there is a box there, and you can opt into an email list. Oh, God, you don't want to opt into an email list because then you're going to get all kinds of freaking spam, right? No, not this one. I am the only one, the only person on the earth, me and somebody in a computer room at MailChimp has access to that list. And the only purpose for that list is to notify you when a new podcast is out. So if you'd like to get an email the morning uh, after a podcast is released, at least morning in the U.S., then you can opt into that. That's all it does. The other thing is the comment box there in the contact section. And if you uh, are so inclined, drop me a note. Always love hearing from you guys. And I really appreciate those of you who have said, especially that you have passed this on to your friends. That's the highest compliment. When you tell somebody else about this, it's awesome. And also on iTunes, if you're uh, listening over on iTunes, please leave a comment there as well. That always is helpful. And thank you for those of you who have already done that. Very nice to see those things. So for the anniversary podcast, let's talk about what I think might be, mm, you know, there are so many things around this area that are so important, but I think this might be the one that most of us deal with the most often. It's the area of resistance, reaction, and release. And I would dare say that most of us resist things at various spots and points in our lives. Now, some of this comes from true subconscious programming of our past, or even before we came into this life, our past lives. But certainly, from the way that we are conditioned as a child, especially in those first six to eight years, the imprint, the stamp of what the world is like around us is fixed in our subconscious mind, and it drives a lot of our responses for the rest of our lives until we become aware of it by listening to or reading material like this, and we start to bring awareness to it, and we start to deal with it. So at least in the few minutes that we're together here, we're going to talk about how we can shine a light on this and how we can bring it up to the surface and how we can start dealing with it. Another area where these reactions and resistances come from would be triggers from past hurts and failures. And, you know, to some degree, that becomes a vicious cycle or a circle because as we are programmed, we attract. And as we attract, we respond and react. And then we create a belief system around that, that that's how the world is. So when somebody says, oh, it always works out, blah, blah, blah. That's a cycle of someone who is definitely not a creator. 
and we'll talk about creating more in a minute. I want to stay on this thread, but if you realize that you are a an extremely powerful creator, then you don't have to live in the trap of that cycle. And we'll unpack this as we go along. Now, another way that resistance and reaction can show up in our lives would be from preferences that we've developed. So in other words, this would be from our own conditioning. Let's say that I don't like hot weather and I live in Dallas, Texas. Well, that probably didn't come from some childhood event that my mother caused, but it was a preference that I've developed over the years. I would rather be in a cool climate so I could resist the heat. There's an example of somebody's preference that might have set up resistance and reaction. Some other examples might be, let's say, traffic. How about slow drivers in front of you? Do you react to slow drivers? We have a road here in Dallas that they charge you to drive on. And during rush hour in the morning and the evening, it's always backed up. Southbound in the morning, northbound in the evening. So you pay extra to sit still. It's a beautiful concept if you can get some of it. But anyway, when traffic does start to open up, if you don't flat haul, then I'm telling you, you're going to get run over. And it's a really fun place to watch human psychology because you'll see somebody zipping around in the cars. You know, he's trying to get around all the slow people. And then it comes up to you and you're moving a little faster than the slowest people, but still not fast enough. And that's when you can really start to see the anger boil because they can't get around you to the other sides and you're in the way. If you would just get out of the freaking way, then they could go on at 80 miles an hour down the road, which they're paying to do. So you can so you can really see the resistance and you can see the reaction because if you just slow down a little bit more, you know, which in and of itself is a reaction, right? But anyway, if you slow down just a little bit more, oh, then they really get pissed off. So traffic is a great place to see humankind sometimes at its worst. But the point is, whether it's traffic or whether it's anything else, do we kind of all at some point in time respond exactly the same way to whatever our stimulus is? You bet we do. What about at work? You don't like your job or you don't like your boss. You look around, but you don't see any way out. You're stuck. You're too old. The economy stinks. You don't have the right training or the letters behind your name to advance into what you want. And you can't get there because you can't afford it or there's not a good program near you or you have to raise kids and work and keep all that going. So we resist the circumstances and the people. And then we complain that we're stuck. Well, you're stuck because you're digging yourself literally into concrete in that situation through your resistance. What about the relationship that isn't working? We start to see the flaws in another person, and then we begin to resist that person for who they are. And then eventually, over time, as it deteriorates, everything that person does bugs the crap out of you. And then you get angry quickly with multiple triggers, and then it's everything they do drives you nuts. And you resent being trapped in the relationship. And the irony of it is that everything that you're doing not only keeps you encased in that bad relationship, but it's preventing the awesome relationship that you desire from showing up. It ends up being like a protective barrier. 
I have a couple of examples from my own chapter of life that I'd share with you. One is triggering from the subconscious, this pre-programmed thing, is there's a certain type of response, and it's definitely triggered by my mom. It's, it's part control, part opinionated. It's that my way or the highway with you're going to sit down and listen no matter what with a smidge of anger. I can smell that around the corner two miles away, and I resist it. It makes me want to withdraw, to run, to get away, to avoid. So when I meet someone like that, mm, man, it just fires off the triggers almost instantly. And no matter what the depth of the person is who might be exhibiting that toward me, or maybe they're not even that way. Maybe they're just having a bad day. Maybe they're, something is just off in their world, and I'm sensing it and re- responding to it. But I could completely shut that person off and miss the beauty of the human being that they really are. Another one for me is anything that puts me in a situation that is confining. I don't like being in a box. And, of course, I'm working in a box right now. Anything that makes me feel confined or held back, I don't like that. I had an astrological read by uh, Liz Green. She's one of the top astrologers in the world. And this was a computerized thing. You know, it wasn't a personal read, but it was one of those computerized things. Highly accurate, nonetheless. And the first thing it said is, you are a world traveler. And it went on to unpack that, that I don't like to be pinned down and held down. Anything that comes against that or tries to pin me down, I throw up the resistance and I react to it. And here's the irony of it all. That type of resistance or that type of reaction, the reaction like you have in traffic, the I hate my job, I hate my boss. Do you remember that old country classic song by Johnny Paycheck that was, take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. Well, that sounds good, but I'll tell you what it's doing is it's encasing you in that job because resistance is the fastest way to manifest something. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, then I hate a million dollars. God dang it, I hate a million. Don't even bring a million dollars around. I don't want a million dollars, nothing to do with it. No, it's not like that either because all that is, that's a boomerang in and of itself. It's the vibration that you put off with that resistance. It's like sticky glue that will keep you in that situation. And it's polarizing the things that you do want and keeping them away from you because it brings you or keeps you in a lower vibratory state. So you're focused on what you don't want. You stay in that vibratory state and all you do is just think about it like, you know, like one of those cartoons where the cartoon character has one of those big magnets they're holding up and they throw the switch on and everything in the room comes to the magnet. That's what you're doing. You're in that kind of a frequency. That's the vibratory broadcast that you're putting out. And the universe has no choice but to just the chair, the curtains come off the wall, the dinette kitchen set comes over, the pots and pans fly off of the stove. You know, it's that type of picture, that image. You're bringing all of that to yourself. You're just drawing it in. And at the same time, and you really can't see this, Everything that you want 
is getting farther and farther and farther away from you. And if that's not enough, as you continue to spin down the cycle, now you react to the results of your resistance, and that's when you say, I'll never get out of this. It always happens this way. Oh, life is so hard. Poor me. You take on the victim role or the judgment role or the throw in the towel role when all of that really is only your reaction to what you created. Sorry to put it that way, but that's kind of what it is. Or let's soften it up a little bit and just say that's what happens a lot. Maybe that's happening in your life. Maybe it's not. But that's a typical pattern for we humankind. So does that resonate? If it does, let's go to work on resistance. A couple of things we can do. Number one, and we've talked about this in some previous podcasts. I want to blow the dust off of this. The first thing you need to do is to get aware of it. So... Start with making a list of what you resist. Kind of be an observer. Follow yourself around through the day and watch yourself for what you do and how you respond and react to it. So for everything that shows up, separate it into two different categories. Am I reacting, responding, resisting? Or am I creating? Now, if you're like most people, I think what you'll find is a lot over there in the reacting, responding category and not as much in the I'm creating category. That's what we're going to shift. From that list of the reaction list, pick one of the things that you'd like to work on. Now, in the scope of the universe, there is no big or small. There is no great or little. It is just as easy for the universe literally to manifest for you a million dollars as a hundred dollars. For us, that's a huge separation. For the universe, it's just energy. It's all the same thing. But for this exercise, and to just get in practice with this, pick something that's more manageable. You often hear people talk about manifesting a parking place. If that's a good place for you to start, just to to begin to play with this and throw energy around a little bit and start to work with things, then start with manifesting a parking place. Maybe it's manifesting a different reaction from your boss or your mate or your kids. Maybe you start there. But whatever it is, I would suggest something that's not earth-shattering for you in your life, something that's not huge in your world, something that you can detach from pretty easily. If it works, it doesn't. You know, then we'll, we'll work through it. It's just this is kind of like the sandbox. It's a playground. Something that you respond to, something that pushes your buttons. Now, this is a new part of the process for me. I have not been incorporating this into my world until just recently. And the shift was for me doing this angel manifestation course with Anu Shiasta. Anu has, of course, been a guest on these podcasts three times in the past. I've mentioned her several times. I had somebody write in this week and ask if her classes, if this is just the six-month course, or is it something that she does ongoing? Now, she does angel therapy or angel work ongoing, but it has been the most refreshing, beautiful, tangible connection to the spirit realm that I've ever experienced, bar none. And this is the kid who grew up in the Baptist Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
But what Anu has opened up for me has been absolutely amazing. Now, this may or may not be something for you, but I'm just telling you what I would do. If I were in this situation and I were picking something off of my list, the first thing I would do is I would get with the angels and I would bring it to the angels and ask them for two things. Number one, to clear me of that. This is where you basically sit on a chair, let's say, um, or a bench, something where your back and your shoulders and your torso from your waist up is not connected to anything. And literally ask Archangel Michael if you want to start there. He's a universal presence, strong energy, powerful, the one like God, and accessible to you at any time in any moment. And ask Michael to come clear you of any negative energy, any fear, any judgment, all of the negative vibrations and frequencies, ask to be cut, ask to be clear. And there's another area that I'm not going to go into here, but it was cutting of cords. If you want to study that on your own, you could look it up on the internet even as a place to begin, but cutting energetic cords is another part of that process that I would do with the angels at the beginning. So this is what I would do first. There's something about clearing that is cleansing. At Landmark Education, after you've been through their initial course, which is called the Landmark Forum, you can go on and and there are some other courses you can take, or there's another route that you can do, and that is that you can help with the production team that puts the events on. It's a volunteer thing, but Landmark has designed that whole program to work the program into your life. And interestingly, Landmark knows this well because no event at Landmark Education takes place that everybody involved in the process gets together before the event and clears. That means they empty their space of anything that's holding them back. It's this step that I'm talking about. You get it out. You expose it. And by releasing it, it's almost like you just release it. You you vanish it. Poof, like a dust cloud that just disappears up into the air. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about mentioning it so that you can dwell on it. I'm talking about releasing it, getting it out so that you can clear to get it away from you. Now, here's a side note. This is uh, at no extra cost. There was a seminar that I was doing with Landmark, and we did the clearing before. So I was the production supervisor. I was the guy in charge of the crew. And we had somebody who drove in about two and a half hours from out of town to be on the production team. It was an evening meeting. So she had worked all through the day, drove into town, rush hour traffic, arrived at the meeting place, and she was a little bit flustered. And you could tell. And this is the clearing. This is what it's about. So she sat down and she said, does anybody have anything they want to clear? And Boy, her hand went straight up. She said, well, I might as well say this so that the computers and the lights don't go out around here. I spilled honey in my laptop keyboard today, and I've been spending the whole afternoon cleaning it out. Okay, that's all good and fine. That's a good clearing, but it's that little hook that she threw in that made the difference. Okay, I might as well do this so that the lights don't go out around here. Ha, 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 ha. You know what happened? (laughs) A storm came through in Texas. The lights went out. Everything went dark for a while before the meeting. 
the lights came back on, but the computer router was fried. This is a place that was completely networked around this router. So you couldn't print anything from any computer without that router working. So the whole place was shut down. And this was the last meeting of a series of meeting events, and they needed to print a bunch of stuff. Now, you might say, oh, well, that's just coincidence. I'll tell you what, if you were there and you just, everybody was just, everybody who had been in that clearing meeting all night long, their eyes were about the size of silver dollars. I mean, everybody got it. That even in the clearing, she created that situation. Be very, very, very careful the words you use, the intentions you set. Don't joke around about stuff like that because when you put that out, Believe me, you are putting out an energetic vibe. And that's a perfect example of just how enormously powerful we really are. A better way to have handled that would have been to simply said, I'm frustrated. I've had a difficult day. It's been a challenge. And I'm releasing the frustration. I'm coming into a space of emptiness and putting aside the day. Not mentioning what had happened, not the details, and certainly not throwing that hook in like, I'm going to connect everything that happened to me today and bring it into here and execute it. But we do that a lot because especially in those little hook barbs, those little funnies that we throw in because we want to be liked. Or that's a way, maybe it's a defense mechanism of a way that we deflect things. It's our way of kind of putting a buffer up out there. But, oh, not in this world, not in the world of how the universe works. That's a direct intention. And that went right out into the universe and manifested itself within 45 minutes. I mean, strong, powerful. Okay, I got a little bit off track there, but I wanted to mention that because it's such a great example. What we're trying to do here is get the awareness out. You know, in the AA program, the first step of the 12 is that you have to admit that you have a problem. It's the admitting it, the confession, if you will, the exposing of it, the bringing it out and just putting it on the table. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. It's just exposing. Hey, I'm frustrated and I'm in the process of releasing it. I want your support. So it's the exposing it. The awareness of it leads to it's dissolving. When you bring awareness to something, it's much easier then to release it. Now, in the positive sense, the next step then is to focus on becoming a creator. Like our little example, the lady who came in, had spilled everything in her keyboard, was bringing awareness to the frustration, and at the same time was creating an outcome. You know, it was Marianne Williamson who said that our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Don't focus on the frustration part. Focus on the creating part. You can take that frustration and create anything you want. But for most of us, the challenge is that we stay stuck in the circumstances around us. All of us, every one of us, have been given the equal ability to create. You don't have any more or any less ability in this area than any of those who have mastered this and created public profiles around it. Jack Canfield, Bob Proctor, Wayne Dyer, uh, Deepak Chopra, Mike Dooley, etc. We all have the same abilities. It's just those people are kind of like the, you know, the buff weightlifter in the gym. 
while some of us are more like the person who comes into the gym in January committed to getting themselves in shape, and by April they're out the door never to be seen from again. There are people who have studied and mastered this, and it is a part of their daily life. My buddy Fred Dodson, I'm reading his book, Parallel Universes of Self. It, to me, is like the Bible of manifestation and how all of this works. It's awesome. I'm not even finished with it yet. It's still, it's an ongoing project, and it's a huge book. So there's tons of material there. The difference is just understanding how it works and then using it on a daily basis. So here are some steps. One, two, three. Let's go. First of all, deliberately see the exact details of what you prefer. A lot of times we don't get what we think we want because simply we get stuck right here. What we want is so vaguely created in our mind that there's nothing to lock on to. You know, at least the lady who came in from uh, the computer episode, she said, just so that we don't throw the lights off and the computers break down around here, at least she created what she intended. That's exactly what happened. The lights went off and the computers broke down. It was specific. A lot of times we get stuck with, well, I want more money. Well, that won't do it. I like what Jack Canfield says of one of his techniques. He mentions this in The Science of Getting Rich. Is He keeps a three-ring binder and has those plastic sheet separators and puts in there clippings from magazines and other photographs that he finds of places where he wants to go and things that he wants to acquire. And he thumbs through that periodically. He's creating exact images in his mind of what he wants. Mike Dooley tells a similar story. When he was crunching numbers as an accountant, he did the same thing, created a notebook of world travel. He wanted to travel the world. Well, it started to unfold. And in the notebook, one of the scenes was a picture from a certain hotel in Hong Kong. And it should send chills down your spine that he goes on to write that as his job unfolded and changed and he was now on leave in the Middle East and had some time to travel, he went to Hong Kong. And there in a restaurant eating from that hotel, he looked up and he realized that the scene that he was looking out over was exactly the scene that he had captured in that picture. And he got that he had created that. Now, some of you might not be visual people. You might be audible people. So describe it to yourself. Paint word pictures. You might be kinesthetic. So feel what it would be like to be in that situation that you want. You might be more of an emotional person. So feel the emotion of what it would be like if you could hold in your hand that thing that you're thinking about. Point is, there are no rules. There is no right or wrong to the process. Do what works for you. But you have to get clear. Now, this is where meditation plays a key role, because if you can close your eyes and if especially if you have that favorite place that you like to go to, I have a favorite place that when I'm doing these meditations, I like to go to that place. And it often is the springboard into the visual images or realities that are created. Now, the next step is to then see yourself as if. I think this is the harder part of the process because it's easy to come up with the image, but it's really difficult to put ourselves in the reality that we only see. It isn't anywhere near us, so we can't connect with it. A couple of resources that could help you with this. 
Jeanette Maw has a great website. I've mentioned it a couple of times. It's goodvibeuniversity.com. And she's built a whole community around this. And also Fred Dodson's book, Parallel Universes of Self, is amazing in, in uh, teaching this. But it's something that you would have to work through. Parallels is not a fast read. First of all, it's long as gone with the wind. And second, it's deep. So you have to take it in little bits and chunks. And you have to reread it several times. But it's an awesome resource. Now, what we're working toward here is to raise your vibratory level. Remember, you won't attract into your life what you want if you're still vibrating at that level. So this is where things like the angel therapy that Anushiasta teaches raises your vibratory level. Part of her course was teaching about golden light energy. It's a higher vibrating energy, and that's what gets you onto the higher plane. You will only bring into your life what you vibrate out. If you're frustrated about that relationship and you're, ah, then you're bringing, ah, into your life. But if you can put all of that aside, clear, and step into the reality of the hotel scene overlooking Hong Kong, if you can create that and hold that vibration, that's what will begin to manifest in your life. I mentioned Mike Dooley in that story. This morning's note from the universe, I don't know if you subscribe to that email list, a lot of people do, like about a half a million, and I love reading these in the morning as many people do. Here was this morning's, ironically, just fits right into this. He says, how quickly would you like to be surrounded by wealth and abundance, Thomas? Have even more friends and enjoy more laughter. How fast would you like to find your dream mate or have your own fabulous, hilariously profitable business? If you answered pronto, ASAP, or duh, to any or all of these questions, could it be that you've momentarily forgotten that the absolute fastest way to manifest change is to claim that you already have it? To withdraw your attention from the yearning? To think, speak, and act as if? <laughs> I didn't think so. Tally-ho-ho, ho, the universe. <laughs> I thought that was great. So the next step is to escape the reality of your surroundings, and that's the hardest part. And accept that where you are is what you created for yourself. So congratulations. You really are powerful beyond measure. With that, you can simply look around you and see what you've been vibrating over the last X period of time. Where you are, what you have or don't have, who is in or not in your life, is what you've created. And you can either build on it, like Jack Canfield, or you can change it, like many of us want to do. And that's what Parallels is about. It's about creating a different parallel existence. So to see yourself as if you were what you created, you become that person in your mind. You live out of that reality. You do what that person would do. You think like that person would think. And you know what comes up most of the time? <laughs> More resistance. That's right. You start to finally start to hold it in your hand, and you, then you begin to resist it. Fear comes up. Things that are incongruent with what you thought you might want X, but then when you really start to examine X, you realize you don't want all of that. 
No big deal. You're a creator. You can just reshape it. You're not stuck. Wallace Waddles wrote that book, The Science of Getting Rich. He said that the hardest thing there is to do is to hold sustained thought. This is what he was referring to. He was referring to creating an image in our mind that does not exist and holding that image, holding to that vision through all the doubts, all the fears, all the challenges, all the sidesteps, all the miscues. You hold to that image in your mind until it fulfills. He says it's the hardest thing you could ever do. And most people give up somewhere along the way. They throw in the towel and they look around at their current circumstances, the situation that you're in now, and that's the reality that you ultimately settle for. The circumstances and the corresponding energy to those circumstances eventually overcome us. I'm sure you recall Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen's story about how they launched Chicken Soup. They both had the vision that they would be world-recognized authors, that they would sell a billion copies of short story books, and they were turned down 144 times. I mean, what if I just said no, 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 get out, no, no. How long would it take to say that 144 times? They were rejected, 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 but they held the vision. They continued to act as if, and they kept plugging away. They tell a story in the Science of Getting Rich audio program, which I have on the website, of being at a book signing, and there was nobody there. So Jack sat at the table, and Mark Victor Hansen went out into the mall where they were, and finally, he shooed about 15 or 20 people in there and then walked back in. And everybody was like, oh, wait a minute. You would, he would go out in the mall and say, oh, there are these guys signing this book over here in the bookstore. It's a great book, and you ought to go in there and check it out. And then he'd go back as one of the authors. He was like, you got to fake it until you make it. And now you can imagine if it were known that Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen were doing a book signing up at your local bookstore, the line would be around the building. They don't have to do that anymore because their vision has manifest. But when it wasn't there, when they couldn't hold it in their hand, they acted as if they could. And then, bit by bit, brick by brick, the universe in its perfect time will start to draw those things toward you that you've held tightly in your vision. Your dream will start to manifest, and things will start to shift around you. And like I said, this is one of the new areas where you could add some extra octane to the process is by accessing your angels. Bring spiritual guidance along the way. This is a, a way to get an amazing connection with your higher self and your guides. I'll do a future podcast on this, on kind of my spiritual journey. It's a fascinating area, and I'm really connected with this right now, and I'm loving it. And personally, this process is unfolding in my life. I'm right on the edge of a big manifestation, and I'm holding the vision. I can see it in my mind, and I can see that it's starting to manifest, but it hasn't come about yet. And I'm not going to tell the details of it on purpose, because when you're in the process of manifesting, don't go telling everybody about it. You want to stay quiet. You want to keep it to yourself. There's a verse in the Bible that I just love the concept of this. Again, whether you believe the story or not, 
is quite irrelevant, but it's where Mary, it's in the New Testament, where Mary, the mother of Jesus, had been visited by the angels telling her that she would become with child, not from Joseph, from the Holy Spirit, and she would give birth to a son. And it says that Mary guarded these things in her heart. She didn't go blabbing it to the world. What do you want to do when you're a young teenage mother? Well, of course, in her situation, it wouldn't be something you'd necessarily want to go bragging about. But normally, you want to tell people you're going to have a baby. Oh, we're going to be pregnant. And you want to go shout it from the rooftops. But Mary kept it close. And that's the point. When you're in the process of manifesting, just keep it to yourself. The other thing that's showing up for me are some really big lessons along the way. And that's the thing is when it's manifesting, you want to open up to that. But you also want to realize that you're in the best place, the perfect space for learning lessons along the way. Now for the third R, the best thing to do at this point in the process. And oh, this is another one that's very, very hard to do is to release. And that is so counterintuitive. Just like what you resist magnetizes toward you, what you release will also move toward you. But our tendency is to hold on, to force things. That's my big one. To control, to bull your way through, to make it happen, that Aries energy. But it messes up the process and it moves what you're trying to attract farther away. The point is, release it, the third R, and act like you don't need it. You're a creator. You can create anything. So, get busy with something else. Go about your daily life. Go through your routine. Look away. Release. If you followed these steps, then you already did the creating. You already saw the vision. You already created it in your mind. You've done the work. Now, look away from it. Go back to your dailiness, but realize that that's only temporary. But as you go back to your dailiness, to your chores, you put yourself in a place where what you created can sneak up on you and surprise you. And that's another thing about the dailiness. Rest in the assurance that you created where you are. So if you don't like it, Just let it be a reminder of how powerful you really are. And also, through the mercies of the universe, you are, right now, exactly where you're supposed to be. So learn the lessons that you're supposed to learn while you're there. So from our third R, the more you can release, the faster things will start moving toward you. And with that you can see how this is all just a process. So when the day really bugs you, release it. When the job really stinks, release it. When your partner, your mate drives you crazy, release that too. When the bank account is empty again, release it. Go back to what you've created. Ask your angels for help. Work through this process again in order to drill it into your life so that it becomes a part of who you are, how you operate. And as you do, things will start to show up in your life in absolutely miraculous and amazing ways. 
Happy anniversary, everyone. My name is Thomas Miller. As always, enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.